All right, guys. So for this episode of Improvement, we have a special guest on today. His name is Hamza Ahmed. Thanks for joining the show, man. How's it going? Kamani, I'm very grateful to be invited into this. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to hear, man. And I'm glad that you could you know, come share this opportunity with us to help young men. And so I guess tell the audience about yourself. What would you want them to know about you? So I have a self-improvement YouTube channel aimed at young men, usually the guys who are stuck in that pretty depressive period where they know about self-improvement, they know about working hard, they know that they should be going to the gym and meditating and they just don't seem to do it. They know what to do, but they just don't do it. And the reason why they don't do it, which we'll probably get into here, is because of those addictions, the instant gratification, the easy dopamines that we're all just hooked on in this modern day. Right, I definitely agree. And so I can say, you know, my own personal story, there were different catalysts that went along in my life that resulted in me eventually getting into personal development myself and then others that eventually led to me starting to craft content. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, what would you say got you into personal development? What made you start, I guess, your journey to be a better man? I'm trying to get women. <laughs> 17 years old, horny as fuck. I saw the videos of the guys with the six packs and they were taking their shirts off and they were getting all the girls. And so at least for me, my self-improvement started with just lifting weights just wanting to look good to try and impress some girls and it stayed like that for a couple of years and so hopefully with some of the things that i teach online i try and like speed that time up for the guys because it wasn't very efficient and i know that that's something you've discussed as well yeah I mean, it's definitely understandable honestly i say it's probably the reason why the majority of guys get into it that's really probably the biggest incentive at least starting off whenever um you know guys don't get really deep into it because i know when i first started that was definitely one of the main things driving, driving in the back of my head. And I would say that once I really start to learn more about myself and see, you know, how it could really upgrade your quality of life, just overall doing these different things to develop yourself. That was when I kind of started to have that shift, but at least when I first started, that was a, that was definitely a big part of it. And so what type of uh, content would you say that you uh, listened to when you first got into personal development? At first, it was entirely in the fitness niche. It was learning mm -hmm. all the basic stuff about the workouts and the macros. And then I dove a little bit deeper into the aesthetics, where it wasn't just now about the fitness. It was more about building the most aesthetic, the most attractive body possible. And of course, that was to attract women. And it was honestly a very, very beautiful physique, a beautiful pursuit, because now after about six years, I've built my dream physique. And yeah, I started it for women, but now I do it for myself. And I'm so, so glad that younger Hamza put in that work for me. And bro, judging by you, you look like you're in fantastic shape too. So you, like you know, I, I, get, I get by, I guess, you know, I do a little bit here and there. <laughs> Humble. <laughs> yeah, but you said six years, man, that's, um, that's dedication. That, you know, most people definitely can't say something like that. I can say in my own personal experience. I didn't really start lifting until quarantine happened, actually. So I just graduated from school this past May in 2020. And so from there on, whenever I moved out from my job, I live in Houston currently, I started lifting from there. And so that was the first time I really gotten serious about it, doing the macro counting and all that. And so I got some good results, but there are some pros and cons, you know, just, you know, being kind of new to it. There's different things that I didn't pay attention to that I probably should have. But I mean, right now I'm satisfied with my physique and, you know, some of it 
could be genetics too, because, you know, my dad is kind of the same way, or at least when he was my age. So that was definitely, uh, I guess, another thing that is kind of similar between the two of us, where you talked about building your physique uh, to try and attract women. That was another thing as well, you know, where, you know, I came to the realization more recently that I should do it for myself instead of necessarily doing it just to attract women, you know, for my own health, for my own self-image and that type of thing. So it's definitely a similarity that I can see. So that's, that's a tricky point to try and help guys with where we've went through this ourselves. We started for women. And so I've got a question for you. How would you now help a guy who's in our original position, who's doing it entirely for women? How, what would you say to him to reframe his mind? Whew, that's a tough question. What would I say to, I guess it would be my past self, you know, a guy like me to get him to the point to where he's not developing just for, you know, sake of getting women. Honestly, that's kind of something that's, that's tough to just kind of sum up in like just a few words, like in a sentence or something like that. I can say that at least the realization came for me from having different life experiences and seeing how my own different constraints were limiting some of the success I was having in other aspects of my life. Maybe not just the women, but, you know, with career, with personal relationships, just in my own, like, you know, mental health and happiness, that type of thing. That's what I would say. And so from kind of seeing that and then also uh, developing a purpose for life as well, that was when I started to see that, you know, having that pursuit to where, you know, really what these guys are doing is making the primary focus of their life, doing things to get women, it's, uh, it's pretty unfulfilling. And then from my own personal experience, I can say that, you know, no matter what type of results you get, it never does seem like it's enough. And then even when you get that, the end result that you might want, which might be, you know, sex from this girl or whatever to date that girl, once you're kind of in the moment, it's really not as great as like you built it up to be in your mind. And so that's something that kind of just came from, uh, you know, uh, getting some miles on me, I guess you could say, you know, going through life and getting older, it'd be really, really tough to talk to a young guy and kind of give them that perspective, give them that, uh, help them get into that frame of mind unless they actually experience it themselves. I'm sure it's possible to figure out a way to communicate it, but at least that's just how it's worked for me. That's not something that I've figured out yet to be able to help guys with, but it's definitely something I could work with. I'll write that down. Very, very well said. And so I'd branch off that. I'd say it is very tricky. I actually, I brought this up to my boys in my tribe in a little discord server that we've got. And one of my admins said, he, you know, he agreed with the points I was saying, but he said, you know what, would younger Hamza listen to you? It's like you, you are a guy who's got an abundance of water right now. And you're like to the thirsty guy, you're like, oh, bro, don't, don't worry, don't, water's not that important, bro. The thirsty guy's not going to know because he hasn't experienced it. The thirsty guy needs to drink enough water to the point that he's already got the abundance of water. Then he's like, oh, water's not that great. Like, you only need enough. The issue is that the process of getting enough, like you said, is very difficult because the, you will never really get enough of three things, pussy, money, and muscle. You'll never get enough. You'll always chase the pump. You'll chase the, the big sale. You'll chase the woman. You'll never get enough. And the only way that it will feel enough is when you reframe your mind and you start thinking, okay, why am I doing this? Because we could get real deep right now. You said 
oh, you know, eventually you chase the woman and, and you get her and it's not never as good. That's because the woman was never the ultimate goal. Sex was never the, the real thing that you wanted. It was like the symptom. The real thing you wanted was what you thought sex gave you. And that's where we get into the, the, you know, the weirdly like spiritual stuff. And it's usually something to do with like self-worth. It's always linked to, to how your mother or your father treated you. It's, it's something to do with your own validation for yourself because you think that getting this high body count gives you status of some sort. And that's the, that's the tricky bit because then you're not even acting out of sexual impulse. You're not acting out of intimacy out of wanting to connect to someone else and actually have a great experience you're acting out of social influence out of the social media thing of you know everything's been so sexualized you're acting out of that and it, you're never going to be satisfied with that that's a deep man and yeah i can definitely agree with what you're saying how it kind of gets to the point to where it, yeah you're right where it's not the actual sex really becomes the goal but it's what you think will come from and i guess that status or you know building that ego patching up that number that you're trying to build to, I guess, present yourself as this, this image that you're building in your head of who you are. And so yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And I remember you touched on how you'd listened to my past episode about uh, hookup culture, porn, social media, that type of thing. It kind of touches into something I'll say it's a little bit similar. Yeah. Where a lot of guys, I feel like kind of base their worth in that. And it's kind of depressing, you know, because even the ones that you know, are really just, you know, running through all types of girls, even the ones that I know that I've talked to, they kind of say that, you know, it's not, I guess, what they thought it would be, or they never did get that feeling that they would expect from it. And I guess that's kind of ties into what you're saying about how it's something that's a little bit above that, about how it's supposed to, you know, fill some sort of void, and it's really not. And so, you know, I guess that's kind of where purpose comes into play to where it's supposed to fill that gap. And so, that's really been the toughest thing I'd say in making the content and just talking to people that I know about it and trying to help making it to where people can make that realization. But uh, I guess that's a work in progress still. Still trying to find a way to do that. Mm. But you seem like a very knowledgeable guy because it took me a few years to realize this, but the answer to that void, which we're passing, we're patching up this void right now because of, you know, we're doing it through sex. We're doing it through the body count, but that's like a band-aid patch over it. It feels good temporarily. It's that instant gratification that, oh, you've, your, your number counts up and you get to tell your boys and you hopefully one of your boys saw you get with that girl as well for more social validation. But the hole gets permanently filled through purpose. Purpose needs to be on the pedestal, not women. And I love that that's something that you've been drilling in in your podcast. Right, and so... You know, I guess once guys can make that jump from making the focus women to making the focus the purpose, I feel like it's transformational in your life. Because one thing I can say is that whenever I made that transition from, you know, making every weekend about here, let me see about going to these clubs or these bars, whatever, to go talk to girls or whatever, instead of revolving all my free time and the things that I was doing and maybe what I was buying or wearing around attracting women, once I started living for me and not looking for that validation from women. That was when I became a whole lot happier, I would say. And so that's really just like the trap that I think a lot of young men fall into and they let that eat them up and it gets to the point to where they're not even being authentic to themselves anymore. Buzzard. So do you feel like a, a young man in this position, do you feel like it's mostly due to outside 
influences because I think your mindset seems to be it's about like the social media and the, the sex sales media and porn that induces this into young men. So I think some of it is definitely part of our nature, you know, just being men. So I think that definitely has something to do with it. But uh, the part that I would say where, you know, the external, you know, the social media culture, all that kind of contributes is that it sort of magnifies it. It makes it to the point to where it's not just, you know, the natural, I guess, visceral feeling that's within you already, but it's kind of magnified to where they, you know, give, give this um, extra sort of intensity to it, to where guys go from just having, you know, their regular sexual urges to where guys feel like they're pressured to where if they don't have sex with this many girls that are doing all these different types of things, then let's say maybe they're not a real man or maybe they're, uh, to backtrack, they're building their self-worth on that and the social media aspect of it and everything is making things seem to where there's a whole lot more pressure on them and that they have to fit some sort of mold, I guess that makes sense. Sorry, that wasn't worded as eloquently as I wanted to, but hopefully that made sense. I agree. I'd say up until just about a month ago, I was completely the opposite. I was the internal. I was saying, no, no, it's because we're men. We've got testosterone. This is what we're supposed to do. And I see guys saying this and I'm I'm almost a little bit like maybe offensive. I, I think, you know what? You don't have enough testosterone for that. You're a modern day man. You've got 50% of the testosterone that your great grandfather has. And you're, you're spilling your testosterone to the girls on Pornhub and on Instagram. You're not doing this out of testosterone. You're doing this out of being somewhat of like being manipulated by modern society because you're seeing it sell on Instagram. You're seeing it advertised on every single movie, every single action movie. You're seeing it on TV, every single platform that we watch on a screen sex is advertised to you it's it's the number one thing that we buy because every product we buy almost every product we buy leads or is supposed to lead to sex and so it's more that we've just been manipulated by this modern world and it's the culture that we're in i don't think it's the biological argument anymore now perhaps a few hundred years ago it would have been because there wasn't much of that culture in fact there was like an anti-culture to the casual hookup it was actually like a bad thing it was something that was actively punished now it's something that's actively promoted and so we want that promotion we want that social reinforcement and that validation and so now we're not even acting from our internal selves of what we want we're not using our own drivers for action we just want to get the instagram likes and now we've got a generation of people who feel unfulfilled and unsatisfied with life. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I can see how whenever you make your different points, it kind of touches on things I've made episodes on or I'm currently working on episodes for when you talked about how, you know, with the ego portion of it, how it gets to the point to where, you know, they're doing it for the Instagram likes and things like that. It's to a point to where they're not really, they're kind of basing their self-worth on things that are external and it's something I talked about in one of my identity series episodes to where we have to make sure that we build a strong enough identity to where we don't let societal expectations or anything external from us determine our worth. You know, doing things that are to develop our internal, like making sure that you meet your values that you think you should have, you know, as a man, making sure that you're taking the actions that align with those values, things that you can all control. So that way, whenever it gets to the point to where something external happens, where let's say, 
you get rejected by that girl since we're talking about girls or you don't get that job or you get fired from your job. Your identity isn't based on your success women. It isn't based on that career that you're in. It's based on character or whatever else that's internal that can affect those things. But it's all things that are within your control, not something external. Mm. Very well said. And the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I believe goes into this with some great detail where all of the the habit, it's not really habits, it's more like personality traits of effective people. They're all internal. It's all about using your internal drivers to motivate your actions and being very, very critical and introspective to make sure that outside influences aren't changing how you react to the world. And this on it all really boils down to ego. You seem to know quite a lot about ego. Yeah, I mean, you could say that because it took a lot of work to, uh, you know, work on my own and kind of get to this point. Because, I mean, you can look at the content and you can develop yourself and everything. But at the end of the day, if ego is still a big factor for you, then it doesn't matter if you don't subscribe to these different parts of the culture. Let's say someone, you know, makes a joke or something or, you know, says something about how you don't do hookups or anything like that, just taking any type of shots you know, ego would have its where that's something that bothers you. But the thing is, working to get rid of my ego, which I'm still doing, you know, I'm not, a com- I'm, I'm a work in progress. It's not, I'm not perfect or whatever, but working on my ego made it to the point to where I could be confident in what I was doing, confident in myself and, you know, actually know that my work isn't based on those things they might be judging me on since I'm moving in a different way, since I have different priorities. And that was honestly one of the, uh, I see one of the biggest things that helped me to be able to make a jump in my personal development, finding ways to kind of uh, suppress that ego. Because the thing about ego is that it makes it to where it clouds your true image of who you are. Whenever you you have a big ego or something like that, it's kind of like a, I guess a shell or a mask, I guess you can say, to where you know you want to present this image and you're trying to also convince yourself that you're that person. But the thing is, if you're actually not that person, there are going to be points in time to where you get exposed. And, you know, that hurts more than anything. But whenever you actually know who you are, you know what to expect from yourself, you know what you're doing, you don't really have different uh, situations like that socially or in any other type of environment, because you have that self-awareness, you know who you are, you know, you prioritize. And it's honestly a whole lot easier to move through life like that, I would say. Very well said. So let's say there's a young guy who's 21 years old right now listening or watching to this. And he doesn't really grasp what ego really means. Like he's heard, you know, the word ego, but he still doesn't really even understand what it means. What would you say? What is your your definition and your perception of ego? My definition, perception of ego. What I would say ego is, is like this ideal perception of yourself or maybe not ideal but you know maybe in like a specific situation that's probably your ideal perception of yourself and it's the thing that causes you to uh avoid you know what you perceive as embarrassment or anything like that to kind of protect this image that you might have in that moment and so the thing that i've been consciously trying to work on is um you know whenever i have those feelings you know of i don't want to get you know, rejected. I don't want to get this certain type of result or I don't want to 
try this because I might get embarrassed and this might happen. I think about how that's my ego talking and how whatever it is that I might be scared or nervous to do really probably isn't even that serious at all. And the only thing stopping me from doing it is because it might hurt that image I have of myself, thinking of myself as this certain type of person. And so I've really tried to get into the habit of whenever I, you know, get that feeling in my chest, throwing it away, because if you can do it in little small stuff here and there, you know, during the day, like, let's say you see a girl in the grocery store or something like that, you want to talk to, she's cute. Uh, getting rid of that ego portion of you that's telling you I shouldn't go approach her, you know, to protect uh, your sense of self and not get rejected because of the potential of that, throwing that away and automatically just doing it immediately. And knowing that, you know, obviously from the personal development that you're doing, that whether she uh, wants to talk to you or not, has no type of bearing on who you are or your value as a man. That just means you just want her cup of tea. And plus it's from a five, 10 second interaction. So that's, I guess, if that answers the question, that's why I say ego is that, that sense of self in the back of your mind that either makes you do things that are out of character or do things to protect uh, that vision that you have of yourself. Kamani, mm. I'm very impressed. That was a fantastic answer, especially the, the approach, because this is actually, I literally just had a call before this podcast that we're doing now of a guy asking of advice on approaching the standard stuff of, you know, approach anxiety. And that's probably one of the best answers you could give someone who's wanting to get into approaching. They understand it's a skill and it's probably one of the most important skills you could level up as a young single man. Not only is it good for the dating life and it's probably even more effective than being on the dating apps, but that's how you'll actually make new friends, quality friends. That's how you'll meet new business partners. That's how, when you eventually go to that social setting, like the party, you're going to be like the life of the party. If you can approach people and, you know, put them into like a fun vibe. And that's so nice. What you just said that our ego will get hurt by it. Our ego is so fragile that when we're going to go on, when we're going to go up, we literally get real symptoms of anxiety, of anxiety because of that. And all we're doing is just giving a sales pitch, an elevator pitch, a, a 10 second. Here is what I can say to you in 10 seconds. If you don't accept this, fair enough. But our ego says, oh, wait, wait, if she doesn't accept you in those 10 seconds, what might actually happen is one, you'll never be able to reproduce again. And two, everyone around you will banish you from the tribe. They'll all beat you up for trying to speak to the woman. Our ego, it's like trying to protect us. But it's, it's very similar to that lizard brain. It's like the anxiety where it just doesn't really understand how the modern world works. And the modern world has really messed up things inside of us, which probably were good for us hundreds, thousands of years ago. If I had to answer my own question and say what I would tell this young man what ego is, I'd say it's your social identity. It's not your true identity. It's what you want people to think of you. And it's only the social side. It's like the external side. Although you feel it inside, it's almost only affected by the external. And so approaching, it gets scary because of the ego. Pride is a problem because of the ego. Pride's actually not even a good thing. It took me so long. You know, you probably maybe uh, have had this mindset. Most guys would have this mindset. That the pride's fantastic. You'd like to be a proud person took me so long and a bunch of books to realize that pride is actually almost like a virus. It's actually something that stops your growth. And that's because pride fuels our ego. And a skill that I've recently learned is humility. And humility is what destroys the ego. 
if you know the the topic of this podcast is somewhat about the sex scene and the casual hookups and that being fueled by ego humility humility will reduce that for you you must have the humility to say you know what i don't think i want to sleep with tons of girls the boys are going to laugh at you they're going to call you gay and they're going to everyone's going to find it weird that you're a young man and they're going to say wait are you are you gay what's what's wrong with your te- your sex drive does your does your dick not work guys are going to say that to you you have to take that humility to not to break the ego because the ego is oh yeah boys i i've slept with 17 girls last week what about you mate oh no i'm on 700 from that's the ego and it's fueled by that social identity of trying to sleep with the girl and making sure that all your boys watch posting a little sneak like sneak picture of her on your snapchat story just because right. you want everyone to watch and fuel your social identity right and you know when you put it that way i, I really like that social identity how you made it that concise and I guess that pretty much sums up what I was saying. And so I like that you came up with like a, a term for it. And so I'll have to write that down to use that. But um, also to touch on something else that you mentioned, you talked about the lizard brain. And so for people that aren't familiar with that term, could you touch on that a little bit? I know you did already kind of giving an idea, but could you explain to the listeners what the lizard brain is? Of course. The lizard brain is the source of pretty much all of your problems. Now, scientifically, the lizard brain is the amygdala, and it's one of the oldest parts of the human brain. It's close to the brainstem, which means that the earliest humans, like our ancestors before they were, I don't know the real science, but you know, the ancestors before they were like real humans, it was the part of the brain that they had. And it's what the part of our brain that gives us the fight or flight emotions. It doesn't exactly process things. It's not exactly the smartest part of our brain. Now, it kept us alive. It's the reason why we are alive today because it would kick in when the saber-toothed tiger would come and it would tell the strongest men, fight. It would tell the weaker men and the women and the children, flight, run away quick. And so that's why we are alive as a species. But again, modern societies fuck that up. And now the overwhelming majority of people have got anxiety symptoms because that fight or flight mode is almost always on. So the lizard brain is kind of like almost like a bro sciencey way of explaining the amygdala and the fight or flight mode. And so... For example, the lizard brain is the reason why you'll set the goal to work out five times a week. And after the first day, now it's Tuesday, you know, you should be going to the gym today. And just somehow it's like your brain just very cleverly just convinced you to not go today. You had the plan to go and then you're like, oh, but wait, but 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 it's raining. Or you know what? What I could do is I won't go today and I'll do two workouts tomorrow. You'll say something which sounds so clever and it's so realistic or it's about the, the diet for a lot of people. It's like, oh, wait. I'm supposed to be dieting. I'm supposed to be losing weight. Wait, what? you know what you could do? You could eat all that chocolate and then just eat less tomorrow. Just eat it all quick because you'll feel so much more comfortable. The lizard brain is the reason why you hear your voice in your mind, which actually goes completely against your goals. And we won't go into with probably too much detail, but quickly, if you're listening to this, you're interested in this, the, the way to reduce the lizard brain's effect is through meditation meditation reduces the side of size of the amygdala and makes the prefrontal cortex bigger and that's the size part of our brain that we want bigger so is meditating something that you've picked up recently or have you done it for an extended period of time it's been so i started very consistently in may 2020 so it's been 11 months where i've perhaps missed about 10 to 15 days only 
so very very great consistency and i knew about it for a while but it was literally the lizard being that just kept on stopping me from it because it was just making the excuses not to do it how about you yeah so i can say that i've dabbled in it on and off for uh, the past few years but i didn't actually start taking it really seriously until uh until quarantine actually and so you know when i started my job and everything uh, i noticed how there would be plenty of times where i couldn't focus past you know maybe you know, 30 minutes or something like that, how I wasn't as productive as I wanted to be, how I was always distracted by my phone. And so to sort of build that mindfulness and be able to help me to get into that deep work mode and be able to focus on things like work and also the podcast after I started doing that, that was when I really got serious about doing meditation. And so I guess you could say I'm kind of in the beginner stages of it, but for the past uh, six months, right before I go to bed, I'll do it for you know, like maybe 10 minutes, something like that. And so I've missed, uh, you know, over the past six months, maybe about probably 15, 20 days. And so definitely not as consistent, you know, as you've been, you know, since you've been doing it for, for longer, but uh, it's definitely, you know, at least giving me some sort of benefits. And so I definitely want to boost that up and maybe get to the point to where I'm doing it in the mornings for maybe like a 20, 30 minute session, something like that. So I can definitely maximize the results that I'm getting from it. Mm, highly recommend that it's perhaps the best investment you'll ever make because it compounds like magic everyone's investing into stocks and shares and all of the normal stuff will invest a bit of your time in meditation meditate or at least aim to meditate every single day for the rest of your life and the trajectory of your two paths will change so much and it links literally not just with what we're talking about in terms of the hookups and the ego but pretty it sounds a little bit insensitive, but honestly, any problem you have, meditating will actually help you. No matter what problem it is, no matter how unique you think you are, increased mindfulness. Mindfulness is what we gain through meditation. Increased mindfulness will actually help you with that problem. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. And so I guess to hop into a different topic. So I was curious about this. What got you interested in starting a YouTube channel and making content for young men? So YouTube in itself was always the the go-to career slash business for me. Mm -hmm. I, was, I made a <laughs> Minecraft gaming channel when I was like 13 years old. It, that, was, that was my stuff. I, I was dropping kids on Minecraft. I was uploading the, the videos in like all caps, clickbaits and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I love the process of it. I love the creative outlet outlets. And I, lo I love like the mechanics and the all, everything about it. It's always been for me. And for since I was about 13, I knew I was going to do YouTube, but just never really started. Didn't really know what to do it on. I was going to do it onto fitness videos and the lizard brain just kept on convincing me that I wasn't ready, that I wasn't good enough, that I needed to build the, the most ideal physique first. And so I put it off and off and off and off. So eventually I just started posting the videos and I was just throwing like spaghetti on the wall and just seeing what stuck. And so a lot of it was just random videos at first. And I started to to really, really pick up on the videos I'd make, which was somewhat about self-improvement and dopamine detoxing, getting away from normal life, trying to be extraordinary. And a lot of those guys were coming over, they were saying, oh, thank you, this video has really helped me. And then that's how I found the niche. And I created that into my purpose, which is now to help young men with their self-improvements because I've been through it myself. And the process, once you've gotten the map in front of you, the process is quite simple. And so that's what, the, the aim of the 
YouTube is for me. How about you with your podcast? So I guess you can say it's an interesting story. So the concept of uh, improvement, or at least um, I would say the name anyway, I started doing, I started doing content, I would say my junior year of college, you know, during that second semester. So this was uh, like early, this was uh, like early 2019, something like that. And so back then it was really just about productivity, things like that, kind of like Andrew Kirby type of stuff. And so the sad thing about it is that I only did maybe like two or three videos and then uh, midterms and everything came up and then I eventually just never got back into it. But uh, of course, after graduating and everything and moving out here, and once I started working, I kind of came to this realization, you know, for pretty much the whole four years, even before that, uh, the whole purpose of my life, every, everything I've been working towards was essentially to go to college, get the degree and get the job. And then, you know, you're pretty much supposed to be set after that, or at least that's what I thought. And so I thought that that was the whole purpose behind everything that I was doing. And so after kind of just being a cog and working through that for, you know, the first two, three months of the job, I was just kind of thinking, wow, I have pretty much the rest of my working career to just do this. This is what my life revolves around. It was pretty much all I did. And I didn't really see that I was offering a lot of value, you know, to the company for one. And then also it really just wasn't fulfilling personally. I feel like I wasn't really doing anything. And so in the meantime, of course, I've been doing my own personal development and I figured that due to the fact that it was something that I was extremely interested in and like to watch videos about study and even journal about myself, I figured, you know, why not share what I know with others in my free time? You know, it's something of value that I can do and I can uh, use as like a, a creative outlet, uh, make it into a hobby and, you know, potentially uh, maybe get some income from it as well, seeing where that goes. But that was really what got me into podcasting. And then what the reason why I chose to move forward with podcasting now instead of doing the YouTube like I did initially was really honestly maybe part of lizard brain too wanting to take the easiest route but I figured that just doing the audio I could be a whole lot more consistent with that just you know pulling out the mic and just recording something and being able to type up a script uh, think about what I wanted to say and read it from the paper as opposed to getting on video and then you know having to worry about everything else from the image to how I'm presenting myself uh, things that probably aren't my strong suit, at least right now, at least until I work on them. It's a fantastic niche to be in because it's only going to get more popular and more necessary as time goes on. And if, you, if you're somewhat of one of the early beginners in this niche of specifically aiming self-improvement towards young men, as long as you don't quit, as long as you keep up some kind of consistency, I can expect your growth to just go massive because what you're doing is well and truly needed. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I agree with your content as well. I know you've been doing it for, you know, at least about a year from, from what I've seen. And I, I see you've gotten some pretty solid growth on your channel. And so that's definitely the goal. Hopefully, well, at least, you know, I know that due to the fact that it's something I really like to do, I know that the consistency shouldn't be a problem. It's just a matter of being dynamic enough uh, to be able to tap into those people that are looking for this type of content, finding ways to reach them and, you know, be interesting and be a little bit, I guess, outside the box, you can say from maybe other guys that are doing the same thing. And so I guess another question I would have is, what would you say 
it is about your content, or I guess the way that you move about creating your content that makes you unique from other guys that are doing maybe personal development type of stuff. What would you say is the draw to uh, yours that to where your listeners listen to Hamza? A lot of the guys come and they say authenticity. They say mm-hmm. that it was different from the other YouTubers they watch because instead of wasting time, instead of building up a, a great pitch of how to fix your life in 24 hours, and then I'm like, okay, uh, you watch the entire video. I'm not going to tell you what fixes your life in 24 hours, but if you buy my course, I will tell you. I didn't, I've never really done that before. Like I, I did coaching for a while and I would reserve talking about coaching to literally the last part of the video. And so it didn't ever feel like, hopefully, that I was ever trying to sell the guys anything. And every single script that I've wrote, at the top of the script, I copy and paste the same sentence, which is to write it for, for younger Hamza, not the audience. And so I, I don't speak to the audience. I try my best not to. I, I try my best to never say things like, hey, guys, or boys or anything. I aim it at you. Like I say you, I make it about you. I pretend that younger Hamza is, t- is looking at me right now and I say, this is what you do. And I explain it in a way that I hope that he would listen to it. And I found that most YouTubers won't do that because it doesn't exactly work so well with the algorithm and, and the format and the structure of the video. It's like a very nice like structure that the big YouTubers all use. You, after you've learned it, it's kind of like you don't ever want to watch big YouTubers again because it's always big hook, stay some kind of call to action to stay till the end huge storyline drops in the story eventually here's some of the value that you came for and then here's the thing that you can buy to actually get what you came for what i did instead was instead of all this start with the value i try that as soon as the video starts whatever the title was i try and answer it straight away I don't start with, oh, hey, hey guys, thank you for coming to the channel and make sure you like, comment and subscribe and, and uh, check out my thing. It's whatever I wrote the title is. Literally the first few words that I say answers the title because because I'm speaking to younger Hamza, because I've been in this position of, of being in that self-improvement struggle of that depression period where you're literally looking for the answers of your problems on YouTube. I've experienced what life is like for these guys. Who need it who need the help the most and i've experienced that that exact vibe where not only do you hate your life but you're searching for the answer and, and none of these guys on youtube are giving it to you every single one of them promises you something big and so you've opened 10 tabs at once and you're flicking through the videos just trying to find someone to, to say the exact thing and it's like you step away from youtube another day six hours has gone by you haven't done any of your goals because you were just baited back into that youtube dark hole because i've experienced that I kind of know what that type of person is looking for and what their their specific internet habits are like. And that's how I try and aim my videos that this person who desperately needs help, the moment they click on the video, the answer's there. And it seems to work pretty well. And I definitely see value in that because definitely from my experience with big YouTube channels, seeing how you have to wait until like maybe the first five minutes of the video until you actually get the answer. It's definitely something that I, I hate too. And so I'm sure that your listeners definitely appreciate that, man. And, you know, to think about it, looking at like your subscribers and everything, you have 2,400 young guys, you know, that you gained in the past year that come to you specifically looking for advice, looking for your input and that really see value in the stuff that you're offering. So that's definitely a, a great thing. It's probably a good feeling. 
And, you know, it's definitely something that I can aspire to get to as well, you know, eventually get into numbers like that and more in the future. And I'm sure as, you know, you keep on pursuing this and you keep on developing yourself and coming up with more content, the number will just grow and grow. Absolutely. Same for you. I've done quite a lot of research in the field of influence and leadership and a lot of that ties into what you're doing. So some advice for you and any listener who is potentially considering doing what we do, which is, you know, some kind of content related to self-improvement, you being the leader to, to lead these guys to the path of self-improvement, to lead them to self-actualization. If you want to be the leader, if you want to help people, you most importantly, you have to be setting the example. Imagine the fat personal trainer. Why would anyone book with him? No right. Problem. Every single personal trainer is jacked. Every single personal trainer looks like the ideal physique for their clients because we, we can only trust what we see. And so once you've started this, you might have experienced this yourself. Your self-improvement actually becomes so much more fun because it's, it's not just self-improvement anymore. Now it's like it's improvement. It's like you're literally, it's like your brand now. You're not just doing it for yourself. You're now doing it for every single person who's currently listening to you and every single person who would listen to you because it's not just your benefit. Now you actually want to, you want to struggle a little bit. You want to have those negative thoughts and those limiting beliefs because then that's what fuels your content to help other guys. Right. I can definitely relate to that, you know, because there've been plenty of times where I guess you could say that lizard brain kicked in during the week, whenever I had to work on scripts and I might not have felt like it or I was tired. But uh, one of the things I would think about is, you know, the, the feedback that I've gotten from some of the guys, just, you know, the few that listen right now about how they really appreciate the content and the value that they saw in it and how some of the stuff was, you know, different things that they never even considered. And so just thinking about that in the back of my head, that's one of the things that definitely motivates me to say, let me sit down and, you know, crank out a few pages on the script and get this stuff done. So I can definitely relate to that. And then as far as that that negative uh, stuff that you talked about, like the negative self-talk or the doubt and different things like that. Uh, negativity can be a good motivator too. You know, you can use positivity and negativity to be a motivator. And, you know, I can say that, you know, from experience, that probably was the strongest motivator for me, you know, initially with personal development and then also with my own success and a lot of different avenues. But now it's kind of gotten to the point where I'm having more of those positives. And that's one thing I definitely appreciate about getting this experience to be able to create this content for young men it made it to where i wasn't just all on one side and focused on the negativity because i could feel that in my energy and how it was making me feel about myself whenever i might not have hit my goals but whenever you let positivity fuel you as well it's just a lot more fulfilling whenever you're going through the journey and also when you hit those goals at the end mm. you know something that you're doing and any young man who's listening to this or who's watching this, if you're creating content specifically for other young men for their self-improvements, you're fighting an uphill battle. What we talked about at the start of this, this podcast, we are in like this, this digital age of sex sales media that has corrupted young men. And what you consume is what you become. And you, Kamani, and any, any guy who's doing something like this, you have become like that speck of light, that little star in the dark sky where you have now been, you are now a piece of content online that young men can find. And hopefully you've become an influence for them instead of them just being influenced by Instagram, the Instagram models that they're just swiping on and, and only fans and, and Pornhub and all the, the bad shit. You've become an influence for them. 
that's powerful yeah it's a it's a good feeling you know especially when you put it that way too you know to know that uh you might be you know the one bit of content that somebody is consuming that's different from all the other junk that they're getting from instagram twitter or whatever else and that you can really be sparking some type of change in somebody's life you know so that's definitely one of the main drivers behind me trying to make sure my content is as good as possible and also making sure that I'm working on my own personal development so I can offer more value in the end because, you know, along with helping, you know, young men develop their character identity and mindset, I have to develop my own as well to be able to teach it in the first place. And so that's a challenge in itself, but it's something I'm definitely working on and it just gives me more motivation because it's not just for me anymore. It's for the greater good for the best interests of those men that are listening. And so, yeah, I just have one more question, I guess, before we wrap up. And so I would say if you had to pick one trait or one characteristic you think is most important for personal development and becoming the man that you want to be in life, what would you say that it is? That's the question. Discipline. Discipline. What you want to be in your life, it's most likely going to be tricky. If you're the type of person asking yourself this type of question, you clearly don't want the normal life that doesn't require discipline. And any kind of hard work is fueled by discipline. And I wish there was an easy way to induce discipline. I wish there was like a quick fix to discipline. But honestly, the unsexy truth of it is that it's a skill and that it's a skill that takes you years to level up. Just the more you do the hard work when you don't feel like it, the higher your discipline goes up. And this is, it took me a few years to realize this, but this is why, you know, those motivation videos that you see on YouTube, which say like, oh, start with making your bed. They start with making your bed. This is why they all suggest that because when you make your bed, when you do something like that, which you don't feel like, specifically you do it when you didn't feel like doing it. You heard the lizard brain in your mind saying no, don't do it because you're just going to get into bed later or no eat eat the ice cream or no skip the skip the workout discipline is is the habit of disobeying the lizard brain and all of your self-improvement comes from that all right well that pretty much wraps what it would up you say to that question oh what was my answer i would mm. say probably accountability and that's probably just from my own personal experience the reason why is because I know one of the things that was definitely limiting me at the beginning of my journey of personal development was blaming, you know, different outside things for what was going on in my life. And, you know, in a lot of those cases, you know, it was true that they did have an effect on what was going on in my life. But one thing that I had to realize is that uh, once you take accountability, even though you might not be responsible for what's happened already, you can take accountability for the results. You know, I can't change, you know, what parents or teachers or, you know, my environment, you know, maybe at the moment when I'm a kid, but what I can do is I can control how I react to it, what I make from it. And so I would say, at least for me, the thing that was most valuable, that one trait that I picked up that I feel like led to the change and all the rest was taking that accountability, knowing that despite what anyone else did or what anyone else said, I still had the opportunity to be able to control how I reacted to it and how I let it manifest in my life. Mm. Fantastic. All right. Well, 
I guess it pretty much wraps it up now. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Hopefully we can do something like this again. Uh, I really like your channel. I'll make sure to uh, keep watching your videos as well. And so do you have anything else that you'd like to say to the listeners before we sign off? Yeah, boys. So Kamani's podcast is very, very high quality. It's linked below in the description. So I highly suggest you scroll down and go give his content a listen. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'll make sure to put your um, YouTube link and your podcast link in my description as well. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you for the chat today. All right. Thanks, man. Take care.